Welcome to Crossroad Church's Sermon of the Week podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Bob Ellis. I don't know if anybody's ever given you a suggestion, and, and the, the unique thing about a suggestion is, well, you can decide to take it or leave it, right? But there's some things that, that you probably, if they're suggested to you, you're like, oh, I probably should obey that, right? Like, uh, if someone says that, you know, I suggest that you change your oil after 3,000 miles. Well, that's good unless you got a synthetic, and then maybe you can go to 7,000. Or if someone says, you know, I think you should be quiet in the library. Well, that's, that's probably a pretty good suggestion. And there, there are probably some suggestions, though, that are, are more than just a suggestion. And, and, and they imply, oh, yeah, I'm suggesting it, but really I'm telling you to do that. I, I want to look in, in, in Scripture when we get in, in Galatians chapter 2. As we continue a series that is, comes from a Greek word called kaleo. And kaleo means called. And, and we've been looking at how the, the Bible says we're called to certain things as Christians. Now, when we think of the word called, we usually pretty, we apply this word pretty literally to, oh, I called someone, or they called me, or I missed a call. But the word in the Greek has, a, has more to do with our identity and, and who we are. And, and so this word kaleo pops up throughout the, the New Testament as it relates to being a Christian. And in Galatians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul, who, who was not one of the original disciples, he comes along later after an encounter with Christ on the, on the Damascus road. And his eyes are opened up to see that Jesus is the Son of God, the Messiah. And then he turns to preaching to the Gentiles. And so this passage picks up where, where Paul is being observed by some of the previous disciples. And I'm going to read in, in chapter 2, verse 6, and down to verse 10, and then I'll give a little bit more context. The Bible says, And the leaders of the church had nothing to add to what I was preaching. And by the way, their reputation as great leaders made no difference to me, for God has no favorites. Paul is kind of like that. That's, that's his personality. He said, even though they were the original disciples, and they, had, they were they're these great apostles and following Christ and walked with Christ, their reputation didn't change or affect the way I am or I deliver the message. And so it says it didn't affect him in any way. In verse 7 it says, Instead they saw that God had given me the responsibility of preaching the gospel to the Gentiles, just as he had given Peter the responsibility of preaching to the Jews. And for the same God who worked through Peter as the apostle to the Jews also worked through me as the apostle to the Gentiles. In fact, James, Peter, and John, who were known as pillars of the church, recognized the gift God had given me. And they accepted Barnabas and me as their co-workers. They encouraged us to keep preaching to the Gentiles while they continued their work to the Jews. In other words, when they came to observe Paul, they said, he has a gift. He has a calling to the Gentiles. Just as Peter had and was preaching uh, to the, to the, originally to the Jews, we're seeing that now Paul has this gift or this calling. And I think when you say, oh, he, th- th- he's really called to that, that's, that's, that's typically how that word might be used. And, and, and they recognized that Paul was called to the Jews. And they even accepted he and Barnabas as, as part of this, these co-labors or co-workers. They were, uh, there was this group of people that were, were spreading the gospel. And basically they're saying, 
He's, he's one of us. And, and, and though that, this isn't really the message or the place for, for, for that, I will say there is some value when other people come around us and they affirm our calling. And, and, and that happens quite frequently. You and I might have a sense of what the Holy Spirit is telling us. Hey, I think, I think, I want you to, uh, I think God's telling me I want, want you to do this. Or we sense God wants us to be here or there to do, to do something. But sometimes we doubt Am I hearing right? Is that really what God's trying to tell me? And it's always good to have people affirm that. And we're seeing that in Galatians chapter 2, that the original disciples who walked with Jesus are now affirming Paul. And, and, and they, they're like, it says even at the beginning, they had nothing to add to what, his, what he was teaching. In other words, he wasn't leaving anything out. He was preaching the good news of Jesus Christ just as they were teaching to the Jews. He was doing it to the non-Jews or the Gentiles. And they had nothing to add to it. But verse 10 is pretty interesting. It says, Their only suggestion was that we keep on helping the poor, which I always, I have always been eager to do. It, it, it's, it's here where we see that some of the translations will use that word, and, and we ask you, um, and here it uses the word suggest. It, it's one of those things that they didn't have anything to add to his teaching theologically, doctrinally. But they said to him, make sure that you don't forget the poor. It's, it's, it's more than just a suggestion. They're, they're, they're reminding him of something that, that biblically goes way back. In fact, Solomon writes in the Proverbs, he says, Whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will repay him for his deed. And, and so here we got the, the smartest guy who's ever lived, the wisest man, and, and these are God's words, uh, calling Solomon the wisest man and, and what people have, uh, would uh, affirm that later, is saying, if you and I want to follow and be good followers of the Lord, we will remember the poor. And, and he says generosity to the poor is like lending to God. And when you think about lending something, uh, most of the time, at least in the terms of, a, of a, the fiduciary responsibility of a bank and a person with a loan Usually a lending means we're paying something back with interest and the bank gets something out of that, right? And, and then they hold that note. But lending has the idea of interest. And so Solomon writes, whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord and he will repay him for his deed. In other, in other words, when you and I remember the poor, it's smart. It's, this is the wise thing to do. I walked into a gas station uh, on a recent trip that I had, and, and you know, sometimes I'll go into a gas station just looking for like an energy drink just to get me through a long drive. And, but I needed some water, and as I'm walking by, uh, I, I, I already gotten my water, and then I see this other freezer, other, sorry, freezer, not freezer, but a little refrigerator unit, and it had these tall water bottles called Smart Water. And as I'm looking at that, I thought, here, here's my water that was a dollar and twenty cents, and then there's this smart water that I don't know three dollars. I don't know what the price was, but what made that water smart and my water dumb? I mean, maybe this water had something in it or didn't have some things in it that mine hadn't. I'm sure, in their idea, this is what makes this the smartest water you can buy, and and, and sometimes there's just good marketing, right? But biblically, you can see throughout that the smart thing to do or the wise thing for believers is to remember the poor. 
And so Solomon says this. He even says later in Proverbs chapter 28, verse 7, he says, whoever gives to the poor will lack nothing, but those who close their eyes to, the, to poverty will be cursed. And, and we're going to look a little bit at, at kind of how that would be easy to do. I mean, truthfully, it would be easy to close our eyes to poverty because there's so many, there, there's so many things that are around us that speak to poverty. And poverty isn't always economical. Sometimes poverty is, is truly spiritual. But, 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 the, but Solomon wrote, when you and I give to the poor, we will lack nothing. But if we close our eyes, what's attached to that kind of turning our back on the poor is a curse. And, and so God says, the wise thing to do is to remember the poor. And now here in Galatians chapter 2, the disciples who followed Jesus, watched Jesus, learned from Jesus, um, they're teaching the good news, and they, they, they observe Paul teaching the good news, though to a new group of people, non, they were non-Jews, they were Gentiles, and they, they have nothing to add to his teaching other than, don't forget the poor. Remember the poor. See, there's a theme throughout. And, and if you think, well, that's, man, that's just a couple of incidents, you can go all the way back to the book of Deuteronomy in the, the early formation years of when the people of, uh, of, of Israel were led out of captivity into the promised land. And, and it says in Deuteronomy chapter 15, verse 11, there will always be some in the land who are poor. That is why I'm commanding you to share freely with the poor and with other Israelites in need. So, so not only is it, is it a little bit more than a suggestion, it's wisdom. Instead of being attached with a curse, we're attached with a blessing because the Bible says God would bless us through the, through the Proverbs. But it also indicates in Deuteronomy that it's a commandment to remember the poor. Now, where we get stuck on this, or I think we get stuck on this, is that first verse. There will always be some in the land who are poor. And so when you and I hear always, that, that seems to strike a note that there's an opportunity here. But it doesn't have to be now. In other words, if there's always going to be the poor among you, then, oh, I can take care of the poor tomorrow or the next day or the next day. Or what ends up happening is never. Because we always have the poor among us, we think, oh, I, I can get around to that. And it leads to a word that we're familiar with called procrastination. We, we put it off thinking, I can get to it another day. But that's not what we see in Deuteronomy. It says there will always be some in the land who are poor. And it doesn't say so, get to it someday. It says, that's why I'm commanding you to do something about it today. Today is the day that, that we have the opportunity to do something. Uh, if the poor are always among us, then then today is that day. And, 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 and I know what's going through your head because it probably has gone through my head many times as well. Well, I can't help everyone. The, the poor are always among us, so how can I help everyone? And, and, and logically, you know the answer to that. You can't help everyone. But, but you can start helping someone. You see, if the poor are always among us and we think, well, I've got time to do it and we never get around to doing it, then are we really fulfilling the commandments of God. The scripture says that the disciples were talking to, to Paul and they were impressed by his command. They were, they were impressed by his calling. They welcomed him in with open arms, but they just said, don't forget the poor. 
Why would they say that except for the fact that it's easy to forget the poor? It's easy to forget those who are maybe not like us or not in our situation. And the disciples said, we, we can't forget them. And so Paul, don't forget them. That's our only suggestion, if we can add that to the list. Just don't forget them. Because that's how Jesus modeled it for us. See, Jesus had been a model to, to reaching the poor. In fact, he spent more time walking among the poor than he did among the, the religious elites, or for that matter, the economical elites, those who were in a higher class. He found himself among the beggars, among those who were outcasts, those who were often um, ridiculed. He, he found himself many times among the working, uh, the working class, and probably that would be a better expression of the working poor, working as hard as they could and being overly taxed by Rome. He, he walked among those. Now, there were some who were exceptions to that, and some who were, were more well-off who joined his ranks. But, but over and over again, Jesus looked with compassion over the multitudes. He saw not only their poverty, but he saw their poverty of spirit, of how their soul needed a hope that could only be found in the Messiah. In fact, a little later on in, in the book of Acts, we see, we, we see the, where, where he's writing, he says, and we're talking about uh, Paul here, he says, I have been a constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than receive. That verse is, is a verse that, uh, that my wife has used with, um, with acts of hope. And, and it's, it's always just this in-your-face verse that reminds us that we are to be generous, that we are to look for opportunities to serve and bless those. Um, Jesus could have easily said, they could do that on their own. Why don't they work a little harder? Why don't they figure it out themselves? Have you ever seen someone who maybe was, maybe, maybe was begging on a, on a street corner? And you see that they look healthy, they look strong, and, you're, and you start to make judgment calls of, well, they, 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 they could be doing something. And, and, and I think we have wisdom for that. That'll help lead us in how we reach out because I think it would be unwise if we were to just open up our wallets and just dump everything we have out at the next street corner. I don't think that's what God's telling us. But I do think we need to not close our eyes to the poverty around us. And, and so Paul says, I'm working hard and I'm an example of this. And, and we should be an example to care for those who are in need as Jesus was and as Paul said he was eager to do. In fact, in verse 10, it says it that way. He says, they tell him that, and, and he says, I've been eager to do that. Eager to help those who are poor. Now, let's just pause for just one second as we get near the end of this message. How many of us truthfully can say, we've been eager to help the poor? Really Eager. What does eager mean? Well, the, the Greek word is a word called spodazo. And it sounds really cool, right? Spodazo. But, but when I looked through scripture over and over again, I tried to figure out how is this word being used, eager? Um, it, it was associated with this idea of doing your best. And, and that's what really hit me. 
the disciples tell Paul, your preaching is right. Theologically, you got it right. Just don't forget the poor. And he says, I've been eager to do that. I, 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 I'm doing my best to do that. Maybe that's where we are ending today is, is the beginning for tomorrow. Let's do our best to not forget the poor among us. Let's pray. God, I, I thank you for all of our blessings. I'm sure that it would be easy for us to say, oh, I need this or I want that or my life would be a lot easier if I had that. Uh, and sometimes we probably think we don't have enough um, and we could use some more. But somewhere in the midst of, of those thoughts, I pray that we could also not forget the least of these, those in our midst who are, who are really struggling, really hurting. And, and as we seek to understand what it means to be called Christians, to be, to be called followers of Christ, we would understand that that calling has some implications for caring for those who can't care for themselves. Lord, open our eyes to see where we can help and to not put off tomorrow what we can do today. God, would we be eager to do our best to serve the poor. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. For more information about this podcast and other ministries, visit crossroadstx.church.